Howdy, Theriologists. Well, if you are like me, then you are a podcast fan, and you have your favorite playlist full of shows that get you through your day. And like me, you want nothing more than for those shows to keep making great content, and you want to support that effort. That's why many of your favorite podcasts use Patreon, so that you can show your support for all their work. And that is exactly why I have started a Patreon campaign for Conspiracy Theoryology. For less than a cup of coffee each month, you can help this show grow. In return, you receive patron-only rewards, such as access to the Patreon-exclusive show, Expanded Theoryology, where we will go beyond theoryology and take deeper looks at topics discussed on this show, as well as explore other areas and new ideas. With guest hosts and candid conversations, there will be new content each month, plus more stuff to come. If you're ready to support the show or just curious about what else Patreon has to offer, go to patreon.com slash conspiracy theoryology to check out my page. Then stick around and search out your other favorite podcasts. Now, on to the show. It's almost like, you know, whether you believe it or not, I mean, come on now, it's, it's caused people to ask more questions than, than they would have ever asked in their lifetime in the last 14 years. You know, we now know the truth about certain things that we would have never cared about if ancient alien people hadn't been like, well, that's an alien. And we went, wait, what? No, what? And, and it, someone said, well, now I got to prove it's not. I have to prove where this technology came from because they're saying, here's all this technology. Well, you show me where it came from. If not, it's aliens. And a lot of things have been proven. Okay, here's where it came from. And just as much stuff has been proven. Oh, well, may, maybe it's aliens. We're not sure. It, it could be. Dang it. So it's, yeah. quite, it's quite interesting. Yeah. I hate it. I hate that topic because it dry, like pulls me in. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like every other day I wake up going, nope, full of crap. None of those people are, are, are legit scientists. And then the following day I'm like, God, these people know everything and we know nothing and the government's just hiding it all from us. Sometimes our imaginations are captured by the possibility of alternative explanations. Join me as we explore the historical events and public state of mind that influenced the appeal and popularity of the most enduring alternative theories out there. I'm Ryan Nelson, and welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology. Welcome back, theoryologists. What happens when your brain hears a question? In fact, the answer is just what happened when you heard my question. Interestingly, you focused in and everything else, at least for a moment, was put to the side while your mind attempted to address the question at hand. Neuroscience research has found that the human brain can only think of one thing at a time. According to the book Brain Rules, we are biologically incapable of processing attention-rich inputs simultaneously. Questions trigger a mental reflex known as instinctive elaboration. 
in which, when a question is posed, it takes over the brain's thought process, and when your brain is thinking about the answer to a question, it cannot contemplate anything else. Behavioral scientists have also found that just asking people about their future decisions significantly influence those decisions, a phenomenon known as mere measurement effect. This time, I am again joined by Mike on co-host duty as we continue our discussion on the ancient aliens phenomenon, focusing specifically on the ancient aliens television series this time. The series, which began formally in 2010 and appears on the History Channel, just began its 14th season and continues to prove wildly popular and successful, pulling in over a million viewers weekly on a regular basis. As we jump into the discussion, think about the aspects of the show that we highlight as possible drivers for the success and popularity with the public. What you will find is that this series is designed very intentionally to focus your attention and pique your interest by proposing the varied theories as questions. These questions guide the viewers in digesting the ideas presented and actually increase the likelihood that they will accept the possibility and find the show more engaging. Once again, the conversation was too good to keep to a time limit, and it runs long. There was no good reason to break up the conversation into parts, so it just made sense to keep it all together. Now, there were some technical glitches with the audio, and I'll jump in then to let you know when that's about to happen. So we can just we can just jump right into it. First of all, how you doing? I'm doing. And I'm, how's Amanda doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Amanda is is trucking along. She's trying. That finger is is wicked. She went back the other day and they unwrapped it and looked at it and uh, threw up and then rewrapped it. It was bad. The doctor himself was like, "It's healing great. It's 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 healing great. It looks like Frankenstein. The the <laughs> finger. It's you're just like, oh my god." Oh. She ripped the nail out when it hit the finger to where it popped out about at the knuckle and it just popped out that way, going pop. So they had to shove it back down into under there and then hopefully it'll regrow. No, 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 it's pretty wicked. No, I, uh... (laughs) she, she, she was a truck. She almost passed out almost, uh, but she made it. I was like, you can do it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. When you sent me the pictures, it didn't even occur to me that you were in an emergency room <laughs> and and it should have processed, but I was too busy recoiling. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh and so yes. So that's that's I'm glad she's doing better. Yes. Yeah. Ouch. Slowly but and Ouch. she's and she hasn't missed a day of work. I tried to get her to stay home and she's just like, No. So she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy. Oh well. All right, good stuff. All right, well then, let's get to it. Start start me off. Okay, so that- today we're talking about ancient, one of my favorite topics to just 
chew the fat about, whether it comes to a, a, I want to learn something or whether it's a we got time to kill and you should talk about something. It's the TV show Ancient Aliens. Uh, no matter what you're into, this show will will find a way to fit you into their culture. They're a very loving people. And uh, it's great. It's it's fun to watch. <laughs> I could not agree more. Right. This is that it is a. It is a television phenomenon all its own. Yes. This is basically a, a ancient MacGyver uh, is what it should be called. It's basically explaining how all the things that we look at and said so there's no way the ancients could have done that. And uh, and then alien MacGyver came down and said, no, 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 no. Yes, you can. Uh, uh, yeah. And they did it. And they showed everyone how. Uh, Von Daniken really... Eric Von Daniken, the the godfather of of the theory, uh, and it's not so much that he created it because Ancient Alien, I guess the concept of Ancient Aliens has been around since the dawn of time. Believe it or not, the very first time Ugg came out of the cave and said, you know, these are the sky people or the sky gods or whoever he was talking about. That is the first instance of the ancient alien, you know, the ancient man dealing with an ancient alien. Uh, and, and other people, you know, in sci-fi, the beginning of sci-fi, kind of always mentioned, what ifs, what ifs. And Von Daniken was the first one that said, uh, I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm going to write all these what ifs down, all these question marks, and we're going to go through it piece by piece by piece. And he did it in such a way, his book, Chariots of the Gods, uh, that it really it hooks what? you. Right, which of course, for those people that, uh, for those that may be jumping in on this episode, this it's a good time to uh, plug the previous, uh, our previous episodes, right? So, right now we're talking Ancient Aliens, the television show, which was a natural, you know, this is a natural evolution in discussing, uh, discussing Ancient Aliens as a concept. Uh, but uh, if you have not listened to the Ancient Aliens and Big History two-parter, the previous two episodes, definitely jump back on that and you get an idea of of the the introduction to all of this this ancient astronaut ancient alien theory that this show is built on. Yes. I, I mean that that's about right. And uh of course the reason not to talk about the show, just as you're indicating, I mean the reason uh that that to talk about the show separately is that it has, I mean, it, it grew it, legs. It's it, taken a life it's of its a own. It's a separate monster all on its own, even so much separated from some of the original people that, that agreed with it and that helped build this TV show. Uh, some of, some have left, uh, which is really cool. Cause it's a show you got to watch and saw the, uh, I, I don't want to call them scientists, and I also don't want to insult them and call them pseudoscientists at the same time. So these these uh, self-researchers, these self-explorers, these yeah. gatherers of knowledge, um, and you got to see them evolve on air, season to season, on their thinking. Some left because they said, hey, I went into this going, yes, I believe in the ancient alien theory, and then getting to travel the world at the expense of History Channel uh, – they came back and said, um, nope, never mind, I was wrong. And then others uh, saw the show and said, can I be on it? And and they've now joined the cast. So it's cool to see the way the academic minds, because if it's one thing that has to be admitted, it's that most of the, the people on the show, 
and we'll get into them, their names, and everything in a little bit. Uh, they're academics. You can you can agree with their their academia or not, but they are academics. They've gone to school. They've studied. They've traveled. Uh, they're not just you know Joe Schmo off the street that says I believe in aliens and they gave him a show. Yeah, I mean th- that's that's it, right? These these are they've either published some books, they're they're researchers, they have a history behind this, you know, they're they're authors and researchers, they're uh, lecturers, uh, professors, scientists of various fields, and yeah, I mean you're you're right on. This, this isn't just. <sighs> This isn't just some guys on a podcast that are that are trying to process information that they're that they're researching on their own. No, these are guys um, that have written books and papers, and they've got yeah. them out there for peer review. They don't really care what their peers say, but they 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 throw them out there uh, <laughs> to go over the beginning of it all. Uh, I have to say, the day that it came on TV, that first day. That, that it was on air was April 20th, uh, 2010, I believe. Yeah, let me see. Let me make that. Yes, April well, the 20th. Pilot, so, the pilot was in 2009 right. is, is what I found. Pilots so, don't count. Pilot, pilots never pi- count. Pilots don't count. Pilots don't, don't count. You know what I mean? That was the, yes, case in point, no one should go back and listen to the pilot of so, Conspiracy Theory. But I will correct, so you're right. So the series then officially starts on April 20th, 2010. So 420, okay. uh, which, <laughs> see, <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's exactly my point right uh, there. So so you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, uh, there are no people right now listening, getting it. Yes. And there's people that aren't. And I want everyone to remember, there are no coincidences in this world. So this was set up by the network on purpose uh, because it, it's going to attract a certain type of audience, a certain type of mind. Wait, that's We're not going to get into synchronicities, but there is one right there. Yes. Right? Okay. Can it carry on? Okay. Carry on. <laughs> so um, when they aired it, the first episode – uh, and now it's it's rebranded as Ancient Aliens Declassified. Whenever you see that episode comes on, it's like a three-hour-long episode. It's basically the first episode uh, with a bunch of little things from, from other seasons added to it to, to go back and explain things. This is one of those cool things that the show has been set up for success. Um, I equate it to uh, there's a cartoon, Futurama. And they, the reason everyone loves Futurama is because in the later seasons, they drew in characters that were supposedly in play in the other seasons. And so now when you go back and look at the other seasons, they were there the whole time and you never saw them. There's shadows and you go, oh my gosh, there was a shadow there in season one and it was never addressed. It was, it was just ignored. And five years later, that shadow comes back into play. So this is great thinking ahead of time. Ancient Aliens done that. Their, their first season, really, they came out to get everyone hooked. Um, they set it up to where the first person you always saw was Von Daniken. This was his brainchild. He went to the producers he, the, uh, when they approached him about making the show, and he wanted it done according to his book, which was no statements, only questions. I think you brought that up perfectly. Almost everything on the show is presented as a question. They're not trying to tell you this is this is the facts. Um, and then he reached out. He has an apprentice, uh, uh, which a protege, a protege, yes, 
which is Giorgio uh, Zuclos. And uh, uh, that dude. <laughs> is such a thing even possible? Is it even possible? I mean, yes, I, I tell you, if you if you become a meme, you've made it in life. I was going to say we could we could discuss Giorgio an entire episode. I just watched but... a three hour long episode of just him and Joe Rogan talking. Uh, I want. I I haven't caught that. Oh I haven't listened my. to that. Oh episode. my god! I'll, it's I'll old. It's it's one of the old Joe Rogan Experience episodes. Okay. It's it's like episode two hundred something or three hundred. It's old. Uh, if you look at how many episodes he now has you realize how old that is and he also has a oh, i don't want to get off on a tangent but if anyone ever listens to joe rogan religiously you will obviously know there is a point where he does a 180 and it's it's hilarious because it also has to do with ancient aliens and illuminati and stuff like that and it's almost too creepy to talk about uh and you see it you literally see it from one podcast to the next podcast he does his flip and uh you know someone Someone answered a question that he asked, and and he changed. It's crazy. Uh, he decided to throw in the towel, the conspiratorial towel. Well, he made a big announcement about the Illuminati and uh, deep state, and and people that knew the answers to the ancient aliens questions, and said, uh, "Look, all these people that always believe in this stuff, and then all of a sudden they turn around and deny it and deny it, and everyone says it's because someone came up to him and told him the truth and said, "Look, we'll tell you the truth." But then you have to deny it. And he said, if y'all come and tell me everything, I will full-blow turn around and deny it for you. I'll be one of those people. The next podcast, which was about a week later, he did a complete 180 on his beliefs of ancient aliens, of mystic mysticism, of everything, of the Illuminati, uh, all that stuff. He now is a, is a very open-minded skeptic, but he is now a skeptic as opposed to the believer. Really freaky. It's like it's like someone answered his his questions and called him up and said okay here's here's the answers now go and tell everyone that those aren't real <laughs> and he did it we may be diving in on that um but uh but back in, on in the future back on topic on the ancient aliens um okay their okay. their methodology of their show to get you hooked was great they find the evidence that has been put out there before but it's not really mainstream this this works in a two-part way one, it prevents the viewer from automatically knowing the official stance on the evidence. So now they're not going in there thinking that ancient alien people are, are wrong because they don't know the real answer to begin with or the mainstream answer. So they can now be presented for the first time ever the ancient alien theory, and it has now been in their mind first before the real theory. And that's a very dominant things in our mind. If, if I come up and, you know, your best friend comes up and say, I saw this movie. It was great. You know, it was action packed. And then a second person comes up and say, yeah, it sucked. Well, you kind of go with the first person because he hyped you up and you're excited now and you don't want to be dragged down by the real review of, of the critics going, no, this movie wasn't that great. So you're like, ah, y'all are just critics. Y'all don't know. That's kind of what the, the show did. It took every question placed in his book and every piece of evidence and just said, what if? Um, so a lot of the hieroglyphics, uh, and this is one of those good things that, that pushed people to research, was you know shapes that somehow look like helicopters, uh, aliens with big heads, uh, all the way to artifacts, which would be the, um, the Darabal is a carving, uh, an epa, 
epitaph, no, epigraph, epitaph, I don't know, whatever you call the carvings on the wall. Uh, it's not a hieroglyphic because it's not trying to say a word or a phrase or anything. It's a, it's an actual, you know, depiction of, of something. Uh, Probably a pictoglyph. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Lithoglyph. Yeah, uh, something like it's some type of glyph. Terms. It is definitely some type of glyph. There's 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 someone that studies ancient writings and and communications is shaking their head at us. They're but, yelling at us right now. Y'all should know this. Yes. Um, carving carvings on a wall. Well, carvings on a wall and stone. Yes. And uh, because we don't know the context of a lot of these carvings, it is hard to place what these things are. And because of time uh, and you know degradation, it, they can be misconstrued as a lot of things. Uh, Ancient Aliens, the show, was able to put in a way to the viewers for the first time ever the other side. Hey, yes, this could just be uh, an image of a cartoon and a line above it is from where the, the line was drawn to circle it, or it could be some type of flying machine. Uh, and they present evidence in a way that lets you go... I don't want to call it shoddy and illogical evidence because it's it's weird. It's it's all true facts. They they hardly ever lie when they're when they misrepresent stuff. I don't consider that a lie because they are trying to present it from the way they see it. Um, but a lot of the times they present evidence that will explain something when it doesn't. And we can take the first episode, uh, which was their big premiere. It got it got me hooked, and that really was flight. It could, it could ancient man one, could they fly? Two, did they know what flight was besides birds? So we're not talking about the act of flying. We're talking about the, the concept, the of, concept flight, of flight, the mechanics grasping of it. The mecha- yeah, yeah. Uh, we know that they had paper airplanes in Egypt. Okay. We know that they had, toy, had gliders, yes, toy hand gliders, where you, gliders, where you could just throw. Effectively like um, children's toys, right? Um, yes. Children's toys, decorative items. Um, they, what's funny is when you look at their versions of, of, uh, paper airplane, which would, uh, which I say their versions because it was made out of wood, not paper, not papyrus, not, uh, uh, parchment, but actual wood, uh, they tend to be birds. And, but the way, the strange thing is they, they knew the aerodynamics of our stationary little toy can't flap its wings. So how do I make it fly like the bird it represents? Well, they built a, an airplane, a wooden airplane. The wings are the shape of an airplane. It has a tail that is not like a bird's, but actually like a Boeing 747. There's a little notch in the tail uh, that you can tell a missing piece went to. Well, that was a rudder. Uh, it's It's been agreed by everyone that that's where a little wooden rudder was. And they didn't right. depict an airplane or a UFO. This is the mainstream thought. Uh they were depicting just birds in flight, and they knew that to get their toy to fly like the bird, it had to be a little different, even though it still represents the bird. Which is which is still a fascinating concept. I mean, that's it, the idea that these these ancient peoples are trying to to understand the physics, the aerodynamics of flight, not not necessarily to recreate it. Um, uh, with, like you said, with the flapping wings or, or something like, they're not trying to emulate it. They're trying to figure out what flies, which means they are understanding, grasping that concept of lift, right? Correct. A, of air pressure. It, it's 
it's a fascinating idea. And it's not but, far-fetched. I mean, these, these people were built, first of all, they lived on a plateau. Uh, and when I say they lived there, they had cities, you know, all along the Nile. They had cities, Alexandria, later on in, in uh, the Nile Delta. But when you talk about ancient Egypt, everyone should understand that ancient, ancient Egypt uh, is the is is the uh, what's it called the something plateau, Giza plateau, I guess, uh, and it's that's eroded from what it used to be. So it used to be higher. The pyramids themselves are proof that the landscape has changed and shifted. They had to remove a bunch of, of hills to, to have this plateau be perfectly flat. It wasn't always that way. But they definitely had, they were in the location of height. So it wasn't illogical to think that, that they saw birds flying through a stone off a cliff or something off a cliff and said, you know, we could do that. We can glide at least. Uh, there is a artifact in, in the Cairo Museum, and I think it's still there, uh, you know, I haven't heard anyone talk about it in so long that I maybe in the Arab Spring it was ransacked, but it was a half a wing that was about eight feet long, a wooden ring, uh, wing, and they they posticized that it was a, a prototype of a glider that they thought a man could strap into. Uh, and that's all they could say. You know, there's really now that does give, you know, to me, it does give credence when you look at, at ancient technologies. If you're talking about people that were building earthen ramps and wooden rollers and and very simple levers and pulleys uh to go from that to flight just on your own uh is is a hard concept to swallow it's like where did they get that original thought from uh, well, and, and that's the whole point of ancient aliens is they go into questions like pythagoras let's acknowledge he's a genius he came up you know he gave us this but where on earth did he come up with that idea where on earth, uh, you know, I like a lot of the theories that they presented that man could do this. Man built the pyramids, but we did not come up with the design on it. We did not come up with the tools that we needed to build it. We were given them. We were instructed how to. Uh, it is a very good way of blending the old ancient astronaut theory, which is they did it all, and the modern ancient uh, aliens theory, which is they guided us. So even the even the show itself has changed directions. Uh, the timeline, yeah, and, and and we know that Von Daniget has has clarified that and perhaps revised, not revised, but perhaps fine tuned his thoughts on on the issue, which is which has come through. Um, that 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 concept, like you said, is is that history is inexorably influenced by. A an extraterrestrial uh, guiding hand, right? That's effectively what they are saying: is that this these leaps in civilization in the ancient world throughout the globe in South America, in in northern Africa, every in Middle every East, culture, any anywhere in and everywhere, Southeast Asia, it, every place, every place where we see this. Um, almost this missing link sort of leap, leap in in civilized culture is is being attributed to that that guiding hand right that that invisible influence 
Um, and it's interesting. I mean, like you said, this show is guided by that principle. I mean, it, it's a very focused show in in that sense. And, and maybe we need to, to jump into a little bit of that because you said something that, that got me thinking um, in terms of in terms of the writing and our, our interpretations of of that that predicates a lot of these theories. But, you know, maybe to go back to the show just real quick, this this has been guided by the beginning by this thought, this approach to to what if these if if these leaps in in civilized activity, especially where we see parallels across the globe, um, are is influenced by something that we would consider otherworldly, extraterrestrial, supernatural, paranormal, uh, something to that effect. Within the right? realm that of definition. other. Yeah. Uh, Within the realm of other. Yeah, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, the timeline, this is where the show, uh, once again, I think I have to say it does a great job at presenting several timelines, several possibilities at once. And when you can do that with a theory, you're kind of showing your audience, uh, whether it's in uh, an auditorium giving a lecture or on a TV show like Ancient Aliens, you're giving them a choice. And human beings love choices because it makes us feel like we're in charge. Uh, it also is a, a good way to help us. Personally, I believe it's a good way to help us make a decision. You need to be able to argue in your head. In order to do that, you have to know all the facts, including uh, the false side of the argument, of any argument, because you have to play devil's advocate. And they force you to do that on the show by presenting you multiple options. Um, the timeline for Ancient Aliens, for the, that the TV show sets sets forth, are multiple timelines. And this is where I get iffy on the science because I get mad because I'm like, well, see, this is how you're tricking people. You're, you're making them think that you're thinking this way, but you're stating this. Uh, but yet the other, the other example still works. Their main timeline would be 65 million years. Let's start 65 million years ago. That's the easiest place to start. And the end of the dinosaurs, maybe. Uh, well, one ancient alien theory presented on the show very early on uh, within the first season, I believe, if not within the first one or two episodes, is the thought that we are, our whole destiny, so not just our advancements in technology, but the reason we're here ourselves is because of the ancient alien uh, grand design, that they came by Earth, they were jetsoning through our solar system, and they stopped and said, okay, we're going to get this planet, and we're going we're gonna, to, it has a lot of gold, it has a, a lot of good elements in it, uh, which, you know, a lot of them are in Peru. That'll come up later. You'll see. Uh, and we need to harvest it. But we can't do that with these giant mega beasts. Now, they also have suggested maybe the dinosaurs were a creation of the aliens. Here's where they're, here's where the show is genius. They're going to give you multiple opportunities to pick a scenario. No matter which one you pick, it's an ancient alien one. All right, so either they helped guide a comet or meteorite to hit and destroy these dinosaurs because they knew there was no way in the world they could they could do what they needed to do with the Earth with these things on it. All right, so they guided an asteroid, it hits, and boom, they're all dead. And then they can any civilization that can do that can wait a few 
thousand years, a few millennia, or a million years for things to calm down. Uh, it's also a possibility they're dimensional shifters and could just pop right to where they need to be. Okay, we did the comet, and then tomorrow will be a million years in the future, and the Earth is settled down now. Uh, at the same time, they'll say that, no, the aliens are the ones that made the dinosaurs, that, that the dinosaurs were brought here to pop to, to basically be on Earth like a zoo. So then you have your zoo theory. Well, either dinosaurs one of those. From whether, space. Dinosaurs from space. We see that touched upon in modern shows. This is how much ancient aliens has influenced the theory all the way up until the TV show, um, Star Trek Voyager. Uh, uh, anyone that watches ancient aliens, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you've seen Star Trek Voyager uh, presented in an episode that they ran into aliens uh, on the other side of the galaxy in the Delta Quadrant that were based off of hadrosaurs. And that millions of years ago, when the Earth was ending, hadrosaurs had already evolved into being bipedal and large brains. And they got in spaceships and flew away and ended up, you know, 700 or 70,000 light years on the other side of the world. And now they're evolved and think that's where they came from, that side of the galaxy. And they didn't believe that their bones, these, these fossils of hadrosaurs on Earth, were them. You know, it would be like us finding a primate on Alpha Centauri and going... You know, well, that's where we came from. We just found Lucy. We, ju we just found the missing link. It just wasn't on Earth. And everyone would go, no, 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 no. Uh, ancient astronaut, you know, they present that theory. Right. Uh, right. So you skip down past the dinosaurs and their timeline of the show. And you go, well, how did man appear? Well, then that's where they love to present you more options. You have either the option of we evolved from these little rodent shrew like creatures and they just kind of watched this happen uh until we got to be primates and then they said okay we can take the next step and we're going to inject you with our dna uh for the sake of all decency we're going to say that they did it in a laboratory very nicely and didn't come down and fall in love with a bunch of primates although that is one of the theories uh and then they they guided our development they made us so this is very influenced by, say, the the Sitchin, uh, yes. uh theories. Yes, right. Von Daniken and his his original compil compilation of stuff took. A, he never credited anyone with any of his theories, and this is one of the big things people always gripe about is that Von Daniken never credits anyone. But in a way, him talking about it and he talks about Sitchin and his theory is him crediting them. He's just saying, look, these people weren't bright enough to put it all together. So why should I credit them for me doing that? I went out and looked for the evidence. I went out and put this together. I was called a crackpot. Why should I give them a credit? Uh, so I, I can see how, you know, I can see his stance on that. Uh, and he, the Samaria, you're right. He took it from Stitch in Samaria. And that's the main theory. They came down. They took the primates. They injected DNA. They changed it up a little bit. And we got us uh, to introduce the religion side of it. Man looked at them as gods and us as slaves. Uh, basically, the whole you can lump it all into to, there was a Loki, you know, a god that was mischievous. There was uh, every little minor deity can be attributed back to the Sumerian gods. So, you know, Prometheus stealing fire and giving it to us. That was one of those aliens that came down and said, guys, 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 y'all are being used. Okay, we created y'all to be a slave race, but I don't think that's right. So you need freedom. Well, he would have been an alien that was on our side. Uh, 
von Daniken went a little further and didn't stop at Sumerian once where Stitchin stopped. Uh, von Daniken was able to look at India and saw that uh, Vamana, which were flying craft, uh, also lined up with ancient man's account of gods being on earth making us do things, making us mine for gold. Uh, there's diagrams. He loves to bring in uh, the fact that the Indian timeline for India, their their idea of history of man does fit the ancient alien theory quite perfectly. And it's been around long before the, the theory even evolved. To them, men have been around for millions of years. Man and woman have been here for millions of years on Earth. Uh, and, and you know, they say they can prove it by looking at their soil samples in India and the fact that everyone grows third arms because there's so much radiation that just comes out of the ground naturally in some spots of India where you're just like, there had to have been a nuclear war. Uh, and it's creepy because in the timeline, that would fit the ancient alien timeline. How else are you going to power a Vimana? Exactly. Other than... Uh, you know, a nuclear reactor. Other Come than on. a nuclear reactor. And so you have little things like this that, that the show takes and they throw them all at you. And so no matter which one you pick, you're still siding with them on their timeline. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and, and you paint that. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking here at the, at the, the season structure on this. Cause you know, you paint this picture and it's been so long since I've just sat down and, and watched everything in a row you know marathon this um in order and if you ever want to do that on fridays and saturdays is when the history channel uh basically plays all the ancient aliens before the new one all day long right right feel free to go out there and sit and watch them and it's interesting because you know you look at season one and of course you know we you and i were talking about that before recording is that the the real key to understanding the basis, the premise, and the approach of the show is to look at season one, probably because they knew it needed to be self-contained, right? You never know. That was aired, like you said, April 20th in 2010, and that ran through May, and it was this gap. It wasn't until October when it had such, it was so well-received that they picked back up, and, and they started airing them again in October, and it was... It was still it, so. It wasn't until season three when you actually had a full, uh, like, what was it, sixteen, seventeen episode season. Uh, the first season was five episodes long, and and it, it goes to. I mean, just looking at the titles, it 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 says first episode is the evidence, right? And it's that what if this stuff is telling us a story about these about uh, extraterrestrials visiting the planet? And then the second episode is the visitors. You know, what if they've told us who they are and 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 where they're from and what they look like and and we're depicting them. The third one, which you were talking about, is the mission, right? What they're what they're doing to us, how they that's where they brought up the Sumerian tablets and the Anunnaki and how they might have influenced what their purpose was here, which would mean how the the basis for why they evolved our civilizations and guided them through some advanced development. Uh, the fourth, then close encounters. What if they are, there's real historical evidence and record of this, of these contacts, you know, and, everything. and they're great at presenting those facts in a way that you can look at them and realize they're not made up facts. When uh, one of the things that got me really 
back then to, to start to believe them. And I used to be, I used to be uh, uh, 100% on board with ancient aliens. I'm not going to say now I'm 100% against it at all. Uh, I have been knocked down to the, to the dead middle. So I have to play devil's advocate with myself all the time. Like I said, whichever day I wake up believing, I always have to argue the other side to my head. But they do present facts uh, in a way that's really hard to argue about them because they show them throughout history. It's not stuff they're making up right now when you talk about, like you said, the, the Close Encounters. When they did that episode, uh, they were really good about giving modern-day examples from you know the 1950s, 1960s, the ones we all know about, uh, the, especially you know in the 80s and early 90s in certain spots of the world. There were a lot of UFO sightings and encounters. Steven Spielberg making close encounters of the third kind, you know, really helped uh, get people to understand that. But then the show takes it a step further and get and presents you the evidence that this isn't something new. Close encounters aren't new. Uh, they just you just don't want to believe the evidence that's shown to you. You write it off and they show you like the book of Enoch where it literally has, you know, a description of Enoch being taken aboard a craft that is basically described a pretty, pretty darn 100% a UFO uh, and that he's taken up. And what's great is when you read the book of Enoch, say you take away all the alien stuff about it. The, the one thing that proves there's gotta be some truth in this is that he himself acknowledges the, the roundness of the earth. And then he goes into describing the pillars of, of heaven that hold up the earth. And if you've ever seen a picture from Voyager that's pointed back at earth, and I forget, I think it was out by, by Pluto already, or, or no, maybe not, not to Pluto yet, maybe Neptune uh, or earlier, but they turned around and took it and it's, it's not the famous picture of this is us, the blue dot that Carl Sagan loved to, to point out that picture. But it's another one that shows off in the distance. If you look far behind us, uh, there are nebulous, all right, in that direction. And if you look just right from space towards Earth, the nebulas are underneath us. And it looks like two pillars holding up the Earth. So that's described and it's bizarre because even if you take that out and just go, these people, these ancient man knew the earth was round, you know? So, so ancient alien theory does actually debunk a lot of stuff. Like we never, uh, other than a brief moment in time when idiots ruled the world thought that the earth was flat. And, you know, that's revisionist history where everyone thinks that people in the middle ages were walking around thinking we were going to fall off the earth. Sailors knew darn well, we weren't going to do that. Uh, admiralty royalty they all knew the earth was round uh you only have two choices at that point one we were circumnavigating the earth a lot sooner than we think or two someone gave us this information there is no as of right now there's no wrong answer to that question it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we circumnavigated the earth ourselves previously and something happened and we lost that knowledge uh, and it's also not beyond the realm of possibility that an ancient man was visited by an alien that said, look, this is how basically everything is. And to try to put that in terms of a budding civilization. Now, this is going off of the 
they came to help us. They didn't create us timeline. Uh, if you go on, they created us timeline. Then after they mined their gold, after we worked for them, uh, which would uh, be now you're talking the Sumerians and the beginning of the Sumerian timeline uh, would be the very end of our slavery. Uh, they basically just got up and left. That theory is, is one that still has to be worked on because it really has been presented. Why did they get up and leave? Did man start to revolt and say, we didn't want to do this? Um, I myself, through my bubbles in my head, have put a timeline together that really scares me because it's extremely logical and it makes sense to me, but yet it goes against almost everything I believe. So it's crazy. I've almost argued with myself because of the show. It's it's so good at making you want to think outside the box and question everything. And and that's the key, right? I mean, that's 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 the fact. Is 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 this show makes you consider this development of this head canon, right? On on what this story is, what this timeline is, and uh, as you pointed out, they use actual archaeological and historical instances yes that are that are questions um ju with just enough information right we understand we understand that easter island most likely would have been populated do from a seafaring culture coming from the what the polynesian islands yes. which means they had a, a concept of navigation and the ship building technology to to develop some pretty pretty beefy seafaring uh ships it's it's that leap of, especially when we're talking about the audience for this, right? The Western world, the English-speaking world, of of ancient aliens. People don't people don't quote quite. They don't understand how that leap was taken from the culture. How that that seafaring culture would have evolved. It does seem like it just happens because it happened quite a long, you know, quite a long time ago. And then, and then other examples, just things that are questions, medieval art, who, I mean, other than the handful of medieval art majors that are out there, historians that art historians that study these sort of things that might understand the, the techniques and, and the intentions of it. There's that, there's that famous photo or famous painting that depicts disc-shaped objects. Okay, that, the, the Madonna, background. the Madonna it, with Saint Giovanni. Yes, yeah, You're, and and that's a wonderful example of how someone could go. Well, what in the world is in that painting? It's an actual question people have, and so all they're doing is saying, "Well, what if that's telling you that this is uh, a flying saucer in the background?" It's it's it was the artist's way of conveying uh, an experience that they had, and because. You know, this is before they can post anything on Instagram, uh, <laughs> right? Or put or, or make something on YouTube. Then he's posting it on in his on 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 a canvas. There are a lot of of similarities between ancient man's dis descriptions of uh, the gods' vehicles, UFO. You know, we'll call them UFOs. They they did not call them UFOs, obviously. Uh, the vehicles of the gods. Uh, you know, aliens, flying saucers, uh, they visitors, visitors, right? Star, visitors, star people, star gods, star, star people, star children, and star people. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you have medieval man, who is 
not talking about those things, but is directly painting them into paintings. Um, art, art. When it comes to the Madonna, uh, which I love, I love that picture. It's a great picture. Uh, up in the up in the right corner of it, you see the UFO, uh, and then on the left side of it, there is. Uh, it's like a one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, not a six-sided star, but it has like six rays of light coming out of it, and it's gold. Uh, the UFO is gray and black with with some gold on it. Um, there are two theories to that. Uh, it's it's one is the art world's explanation, which is they say uh, it's the sun and moon. If you look in a lot of pic of paintings, especially religious paintings, you will see almost always a sun and a moon. Uh, uh, It'll either be a crescent sun or a full sun. It'll either be a crescent moon or a full moon. But it's, it's, and they have an explanation for why they're in there. It, you know, the duality of stuff and art, art and explanation. It's, uh, other people will say, no, it's just like you said, it's UFOs. And they're trying to, the artist himself is basically describing, they're not just putting this in the picture, that the artist had knowledge of, this event. So the Madonna with St. Giovanni, they're, they're saying that through the written descriptions of this encounter, these things happen. There were objects in the sky. Uh, that's true. There, there, we can see that when you fast forward from ancient times to modern times. And so you take, uh, the biblical ages out of it. We've pat long past that you have paintings of medieval landscapes and they have what modern scientists will say, oh, that's ball lightning in the sky. And they, they witnessed ball lightning. Only when you zoom up on the picture, they didn't draw just blobs of light. They drew orbs with little legs on them, zooming through the sky. And yes, then you go yes. back to the town and you look up the records and you go, okay, let's see what this crackpot really, it was a meteor shower, right? Because there were scientists back then too. I mean, we, yeah, we burnt them at the stake, but they still existed. So we go back and look at their papers. And lo and behold, what do we find? We found descriptions in the town things that say a bunch of weird things flew over in broad daylight, our town. And so you go, okay, well, that's, that's literally a 1300 year, 1300 example of a UFO sighting. And, and that's true. I mean, that can't be argued with it, You've now related a physical legit account that's been written down and a painting years later that that obviously the painter had seen those documents and then painted this image uh yeah that concept of of secret knowledge ancient knowledge um coming through i mean that's something that even it's even carried for today it's the idea of secret societies uh secret organizations that are maintaining this knowledge so it's not like it's a crazy idea for people to 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 gravitate towards or to grasp onto uh, that that makes the can pull them into this show uh, that that oh yeah you, you know there's there's people that still hold knowledge that isn't really generally shared by the public or isn't known by the public uh, even if it's not meant to be secret it's just lost knowledge and uh, it's 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 not widely accepted but it's 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 knowledge no matter how many times people try to share it no one's listening right that's that's that argument for that and and so when you look at some of these ancient medieval art uh, if you're looking at ancient uh 
images, ancient art, ancient writings, uh, that the idea that there's more there kind of subtext, right, between the lines. And maybe that's, I want to kind of tangent that to go back to something you were talking about earlier, because it really got, got me thinking uh, about that is this idea of, of interpretation, of understanding, and this, this translation. Because for an audience that is largely based in these systems of writings that are very much, uh, they're, they're syllabic, right? We've got, we've got an alphabet that conveys, conveys sound, conveys tone. You put those together and that combination of sounds create words and those words have very specific, distinct meanings. Uh, spellings can change those definitions. Use and environment and culture can change the meaning some, but, but they're not, they're not necessarily concepts. They are very defined and distinct uh, things. And when we look at stuff like when, when we're looking at Sanskrit or those ancient uh, glyphs, right? Lithic uh, lithoglyphs and, and uh, uh, pictoglyphs, when we're looking at hieroglyphics, and that the evolution of those languages, those came from that system of writing came from came from pictures that conveyed uh-huh. an overall concept, an action, an activity, and those pictures then got uh, simplified, right, to create concept. They became impressionist, uh, such that Sanskrit got to the point of then just conveying through through lines, through notches, right, Th- through the etchings. Uh, Hieroglyphics is very much that they are meant to convey activities and events and concepts. And they see a word, a hieroglyph, very much so. Hieroglyphs have always stood out to me as a as almost proof of ancient aliens because it's a language that is unique to itself, uh, even when compared to other writings like the Sumerian language, which we have tablets that we can literally follow the development of, of uh, Sumerian language. We, we see proto-Sumerian where exactly like you said, it was pictures. You literally in a, in a clay thing drew a picture of a guy handing over some wheat. That was a contract because then the, the guy that took the wheat drew a little image of himself holding the wheat and now on this one clay tablet, you've shown an exchange. Uh, and then eventually the figurine of that man goes from the shape of a man to just an up an up and down line and a cross line, which is his arms and legs. And that's known as a person. And then we see later on that that sound, and this isn't how it works, but to give an example, we could say that, that those two lines that form a cross shape that represent a man would later be turned into the t sound. Uh, or for them, whatever sound they want to use. But, and then that, then verbal language and your writing language map meet up. Hieroglyphs seem like they were given to us from some ancient alien culture that just really wanted to mess with our minds. <laughs> All right. Cause, cause in order to talk on hieroglyphs, if I want to say the word, you know, Amun Ra, well, I, first I got to think of something that sounds like ah. Okay. Well, the word for crane may be, Amash, blah, 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 blah. But the, the, it's ah. So I'm going to draw a crane. Well, that lets the person knowing not to say crane, but to say ah. And then now I'm going to draw a boat symbol 
because the the way we say the word boat is you know ma. So now we have a crane and a boat, and together they're ah ma. So humans don't think like that. We we shouldn't have came up with that on our own. Now, granted, these guys live in the desert and are probably dehydrated and thinking weird most of the time, but we just don't think in that in in that way. So for them to have hieroglyphs the way they do, it always did bother. You know, it it bugs me because we well, the ancient aliens that, points I mean, that out. That that like you talked about that that evolution of of the writing from the the uh, images, the actual pictures into this pictographic form eventually into very uh just simple conceptual impressionist form that that example i mean that's there are modern languages that evolved in in just the same way it is very hard to wrap our heads around it if there's any listeners that have that understand or studied languages like that if you have some examples uh you know let me know because that that's that's fascinating and in part, it's that question. It's because of that lack of understanding that, that we're fascinated with it. And it pulls people in because it sounds plausible for lack of a definitive answer elsewhere. I mean, it's like, well, why can't that be as reasonable as anything else? You know what? And that, that gets us to a, a point that because of that, right, because of the way it's, it's all of these things that are presented, all these different ideas, and whether it's divergent timelines or at times conflicting theories and discussions it it really every episode uh has a bit of an idea and a theory that kind of stands on its own even though it has an overall underlying uh arc and art and architecture to the show and a lot of that it seems has to do with the players behind the, the show right that I mean, I looked up, I, I can't remember the number, but it's hundreds of people that have appeared on Ancient Aliens. Oh, yeah. E- even if it's, even one time, right, it may have been a three-minute blurb, but but they have people from all over the place, right? <sighs> they have guest stars that absolutely shock me because I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I've always been told that scientists don't, lend their faces to things they don't believe in. They don't want to be associated with things they don't believe in. I don't know if that's changed or not, but if it hasn't, then we're noticing a lot more legit scientists are coming forward saying, hey, I'm kind of giving some credence to this. They have physicists that are on there, and uh, I don't know his name. I'm sure someone listening will immediately know who I'm talking about. There's a redneck scientist. He's a physicist. He had his own show for a while. He kind of reminds me of my cousin's husband, uh, Tracy's husband. Uh, great guy. Uh, but they look exactly alike and they sound exactly alike. It's hilarious. <laughs> and to hear someone talking about astrophysics with a with a redneck accent is one of the coolest things you'll ever get to experience in your life. Uh, uh, so... Well, and that's the key. I mean, just just and he's a legit. Like this guy works for NASA, has helped build rockets, has still current government contracts, and he's on Ancient Aliens giving credence to Puma Pumku. And you're just like, wait, what? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and there are people, granted, there are plenty of, that have come on, and all they're doing is they were interviewed to discuss a concept that sorry, they're physicists or, or astrophysicists or astronomers, uh, geologists and, and archaeologists, and it, their blurb may never mention anything extraterrestrial at all, no. or they're just talking about it in terms of a concept, but but they're explaining something, and they're willing to put themselves on the show yes. because yeah. of the exposure. I they're willing to go out there and say, hey, look, what they're saying is theoretically possible. So in, in, we've now seen a, a paradigm shift of scientists that in the past would just go, these people are wrong. Their evidence is wrong. They're idiots. This is so unlikely that we don't even consider it true. You shouldn't watch this show. Now they're coming around seeing that, one, people don't like it when scientists do that. We're, we're starting to, to wake up and go, well, hey, wait a minute. If you're going to call this guy an idiot – what happens when the other guy calls you an idiot? Who am I supposed to stop calling each other idiot? And also we're starting to see that so many scientists are being proven wrong in their past theories that it's, it's really a wake up call. Hey, stop thinking you are 100% right. Uh, and so they get these guys that, like you said, they come on not to verify the alien, you know, the, the astrophysicist isn't coming to come on and say, well, no, they're absolutely right. This uh, rock came from an ancient alien civilization that was, but they're not going to do that. But what they can say is, well, no, there, it is plausible that a spaceship could travel this way. And if he came by earth and they did this, it would take this long. And, and yeah, you know, this, this space voyage would have to be done by a technological advanced society, which means they would be able to come down and help us do this. So they explain that, yes, in theory, what you're saying could, could happen. And I like that. You know? Yeah, even if it's just even if it's just a if it, there even if it's only an admission that this is a philosophically interesting question, and that that there's a if you consider the possibility, then here's how it would have to work, and here's how it might have played out. And it, I mean, it's fascinating. If you were to say, and and I know you looked into this some, is is maybe this is where we talk about the the core group that does this that that list of characters that are in most of the episodes okay so here's where the audio switches and I start sounding like I was talking into a tin can there were some technical difficulties when we got the recording going again and I lost my main microphone fortunately there was a backup recording hearing me but it's a backup I didn't want to shock you with an abrupt change in audio without warning so here it is. Let's get back to it. You know that this 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 cast of characters, right? Because again, part of this discussion we're trying to explore is is what has captivated the the audience on this so much. And and we've talked about so many of the varying ideas that that leave that are already open questions. And by presenting this as this big, broad, uniform, tying concept of ancient alien theory as a possible answer that fills in so many holes, well, that's already something that appeals to people and kind of pulls them in. But part of it, uh, as we're saying with, with all of these people, is, is that you get all of these influencers and academics and researchers and stuff from all backgrounds and walks of life, and they're presenting these ideas, and it appeals to, appeals to a very broad audience. But we could also say that part of it is the, the core group, and, and and I know you had looked into that core group. And the, 
to me, They're, kind of what's interesting is what makes it so fascinating is this this core group of people. It's the alien rat pack. These people could, <laughs> could it could they could possibly be aliens themselves. They're so knowledgeable about this stuff. And the when they put them together for this show, they picked, I think, some of the top people. Um, Eric Von Daniken, the leader, the grandpa. We'll call him uh, the Gray. Uh, and then you have uh, his protege, which would be the little green man, George Suclos. Yeah, and Giorgio, I mean, and he's a, an executive producer on the show. Uh, Is he so now? He's, yes. So he's the he's the executive producer. Uh, he's actively involved in the direction <laughs> of the show. I but mean, it, that's he's moving that's on up. part of it. Um, that would explain, well, that I, would I explain a lot. Consulting producer. He's so he's driving and shaping that that. Um, he's the script format. He's he's he's. Uh, He's the Absolutely. top of the topic format, and which would explain you can tell then the way the direction has gone of the show is less of the uh, hey answer this question for us. It's gone into more of a uh, I'm now presenting evidence as a fact type of thing. Uh, the the two other people right away that I consider the top four, and I actually uh, missed one that you named earlier. Uh, but so you have Eric Von Danigan, Giorgio Sukalos, uh, David Wilcox. David Wilcox, I think, was a great, uh, great addition. I'm trying to see when when they added him, but uh, this guy's a military uh, guy. Yeah, David Wilcox. Uh, he was. It looks like he was in like through the first uh, man, maybe the first seven, eight yeah. seasons. There's a reason he's not on it that much uh, anymore. It's the same reason that. Uh, Graham Hancock and some others aren't on it anymore. And these were big ancient alien guys. They helped Von Daniken, uh, get his book out there. Uh, and they've gone, they've, that's a whole nother show altogether on what they believe in. They've now taken the ancient alien evidence and they've, uh, agreed it, it means something else. And that's their theory. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's some others that may just simply be getting older and not to mention the popularity. You know, they, <laughs> they, they're on the talking circuit like David Childress. Right. That's the one that the the one guy that I didn't have on my list that I knew I needed to. to oh, put on. David Childress. You have um, to wonder. Just because I, I, I love think Childress. I think anyone that can talk without moving their jaw is probably the one of the most educated people in the world. Uh, and he reminds me of one of my old bosses. Everyone reminds me of someone else. He reminds me of one of my old bosses, just the way he looks and talks. And I'm always like, that's awesome. I love the way you don't have to move your jaw. Yeah. Right. You know, David Childress has a very interesting way of presenting the information. And when you listen to it, you think this this <laughs> is this is important. Well, this I, has to be yes. a possibility. I have yeah, a, I, mean, I have a theory that this guy worked for uh, either British, uh, you know, MI5 or or <laughs> or American CIA, I, because the way he talks is in my view, the exactly way you're trained to talk to brainwash someone, to convince someone. It's an up and down <laughs> pattern of voice where you raise and lower your voice to where you can convince someone a blackboard is white. See, I, I love this. This is part of that headcan. I mean, you have to. If you're going to watch this show, you have to build up this this your own uh, your own canon about these characters, little bios and, oh, and yeah. superhero my, origins. My this. favorite. I mean, is is the the her name's Linda Howe. 
Oh, Linda Moulton House. Yes, and Linda's she, wonderful. <laughs> you could Linda, you could say that, yeah. No, what well, Linda's a voice. Now, granted, for all those listening, if if the, before any shade is cast upon, <laughs> oh wow, Linda, we know she is a prominent. She she is a prominent uh, character and researcher within the the UFO community, the ufology community, and and yes, and 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 of course. For, for and, that target audience, she's a very authoritative opinion. And she's an award-winning – I mean, she's she's an investigative journalist. She has credentials. Yeah, absolutely. She's an award-winning docu, uh, documentary filmmaker. Uh, it's, it's just that some of her idea – some of her – the way she presents some things is, is, once again, what makes the show so awesome. Because it, it, yes, she, absolutely. She, she alone – could have her own show. She presents these these scenarios, and she comes out and says these are real scenarios that she has interviews with these secret people that asked to be remain you know anonymous, and and yes, they're all ex CIA, ex Navy SEAL, ex you know space alien themselves that went through surgery to become a human. All this crazy stuff. And she did feature very prominently in this in this season's uh, opener. Yes. That uh, you know this first episode, the Antarctica episode, that coincidentally aired right, last week. Uh, she was the driving researcher on this on this episode about yeah. it, and she had her her secret. And and of course, like you said, Linda, she could do her own. I mean, she does. She has a what is it, Earth Files. Uh, in well, that website, Earth, and, and she also works. Uh, uh, Mufon is is takes up a lot of her time. Right, right. So, it, so it's it's she. You know what's great is that even though I can talk, you know, I'll talk smack about her, and I love I love doing that to, to everyone. When I if if you're listening to the podcast, realize that when I, me personally, the awesome power of that which is Nelson, am talking. It, even if it's negative about someone, do not construe that as a I'm putting them down, I'm discrediting them, I'm uh, I'm making fun of them. Even though I am probably doing all of that, take it with a grain of salt because I play devil's advocate. When it comes to people like uh, like Linda, I if I can rip her to shreds, being someone that is not a college graduate. And not and not educated, not even as much as her. She is smarter than me in 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 her uh, field of expertise. So if I can rip her to shreds, it just makes me feel better. And I'm going to do it because we live in America, and you can't stop me. Uh, but I will acknowledge that for every little thing, every joke I can make about any of these people on the show, I can't discredit any of them. I cannot sit there and say, "You see, she's a crackpot," because. Even her most crackpot story is plausible. It it is, and it, it, and, and it bugs me. I don't like that. Play, don't play yourself down too much, because I've already <laughs> told the listeners that you're smarter than me. So we've got <laughs> to play you up a little bit. But, okay. but you know, it is. I'm, I'm I jumped onto IMDb and I'm I'm looking at this list, and it, it's great because these are names that people that are that the audience that's watching Ancient Aliens that's it's all familiar with any of this other stuff. These names just jump out, right? Sukulos, Childress, Jonathan Young, uh, the Joseph Campbell's yeah. archives, uh, uh, Philip Copens, uh, Jason Martell, 
uh, David Wilcox, uh, scrolling down here, George Norrie's made his appearances, right? And that's how, that's where we all come from. We all come from coast to coast AM. That's yes. where this love started. And, and maybe that's something that we are not playing up enough on this, on this discussion of why this is so appealing when we're talking about a public fascination for this, but it's birthed out of coast to coast AM. Um, you know, I've, but, I haven't gone back and, and ever checked to see if any of these, uh, the older guys uh, would have have been on like Art Bell and them back oh, in the day. Absolutely, I know Art, Art. Art probably talked to many of them. I mean, Nick Redfern, Linda Moulton Howe, uh, uh, Rami Romani, who's a character in and of himself. Uh, 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 Bill Burns, William Burns, who had a show. Right, they did have a whole separate show. What was that called? UFO Files. Well, the UFO Files. Him and a team. Uh, Robert Bavall very successful writer with his own sort of theories in there. Robert Schock, who's a prominent, you know, prominent character, especially with, with, uh, with alternative uh, Egyptology, you know, in that field. And, and the aging it's Robert Schock is, is the proponent of the aging, the much more ancient dating of the Sphinx because of the, because of the, the, apparent water erosion right and you know he has finally been given so much credit Uh, him and another guy uh, randall carlson maybe uh uh we're laughing we're laughed at uh by everyone other than the ancient alien people uh when they said that the sphinx was a whole lot over or at least the spot that the sphinx is in uh, was a whole lot over. And, and once again, I love these guys because they can come out and say, look, without me saying that the aliens did this, I can say that the current theory is in fact wrong. Uh, and they don't laugh at the ancient alien guys because, hey, at least that theory is plausible. The current theory is wrong and can be proven. And, uh, well, and that's that's the key, too, is taking you that, mentioned right? There's- you mentioned Egyptolo- Egyptology and Egyptologist and, and uh, my beef. Uh, and one of the reasons I think people tend to side with this, the TV show is of all – we all know there's bias in science and not like bias as in anything else. But it's it, you tend to want to believe your field knows everything about it. The top people in your field know the truth and, and that's what needs to be taught. Whether the ancient alien theory is correct, what the TV show alone has been able to do. Is expose the y'all aren't the holes, the glaring holes, and even worse, it exposes the fact that y'all are so scared that y'all may be wrong. You're willing to overlook new evidence. That is probably the most disingenuous thing a scientist can do: is to sit there and say, "I'm 100% right. There's no way I'm wrong," and anyone that says other is a crackpot, especially when you've been proven wrong to stick with that and now the show has given the average person the ability to look at this and whether they agree with the ancient alien theory or the or anything they can go well wait a minute this doesn't add up i don't believe it's aliens but now i know for sure it wasn't like they're teaching me and maybe that's the beauty of of the whole thing is that all of these people that we're talking about that have contributed some to this show uh extensively in some cases they're all leading uh, expert researchers, proponents in their particular field of study. And and whether it's it's alternative research into 
uh, South American cultures, uh, Native American cultures, Egyptian culture, uh, Middle Eastern cultures, uh, Southeast uh, Asia, Indian cultures, things of that nature, right? They're, these are all the people that are putting forward ideas going, you know, the more we understand about this, the less we, the less we understand definitively exactly how this started and, and what was going on. And, and, and that's the, that's the catch. I mean, that's, that's really what makes it so exciting. I mean, and appealing because there's so many different, different ideas out there, not holes, but gaps in our understanding, the historical record and that understanding of, of that, that step, that leap that occurs in so many of these places. It leads me to think, I mean, that's maybe that's a question I have for you then is, is, you know, what's, What's your favorite content? What, of all of these ancient alien theories, especially the ones you've been going over, I know you've done a, a nice, fun, you've taken the hard work of marathoning through a bunch of these older ones. Is, yeah. kind of what you, what, what's one of your, or a few of your favorite questions that they've raised? Uh, my favorite questions that they've raised would probably have to be, um, one, the possibility of earth shifting and us losing uh the truth losing our knowledge which would explain why we have evidence of ancient aliens here but nothing's definitive nothing can be 100 percent proven because that happened but then natural you know disasters happen so they they pose that question on, on did something happen that made us lose our memory a collective amnesia uh that's one of my little pet projects that I love always to go back and have my thought experiments with, uh, which is. And that's that big, that is that big concept of that entire crust displacement theory, right? Whether it's due to a pole shift or uh, ice cap build and anything where you've got that shift of that, that through Antarctica from a tropical or subtropical region down to uh, effectively a pole, a, 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 a polar end immediately, thus freezing it and erasing whole cloth cultures. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, that's, that's a fascinating and that's proposed outside of the ancient alien theory. It is. It's that but, it leads you down it, a, a, a whole nother theory of, of ancient civilizations. And what's great is that I think even when, when I finally in my head, answer the questions of an ancient civilization here in North America, it still won't get rid of the possibility of ancient aliens because then we always have to look at where did those people get their technology from? There's always that. What if question? It's wonderful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Where did it start? At what point did the, did the first advanced culture that seemed to have technology beyond what we expect or, or, or believe it to, to be at that point? take rational thought, which is what I think ancient aliens actually is full of. And I know it sounds contradictive, but the show is full of rational thought Uh, and just apply it in context, you know, to take yourself into a thought experiment, put yourself into the minds of UG. All right. And then you're looking up. Now you've experienced volcanoes exploding. All right. You know what those look like smokes in the cloud, natural disasters, forest fires, floods, your mother-in-law coming to stay in the cave. All the horrors in life have happened, so you know what those are. And then a spaceship lands. How do you describe that? 
You can't. It doesn't, it doesn't match up anything on earth. Nothing like that has ever happened. This thing doesn't look like a bird flapping its wing and landing. It's a giant spaceship landing on the ground. And then out come some guys and girls and, or a third neuter race, who knows? And they explain to you the meaning of everything. First, they explain to you how they got here. We flew here, all right, from the sky and we went past your round planets and you're the third planet. Uh, you know, from the inside of your solar system, you're actually the 12th planet coming the other direction. Uh, and so then all of a sudden you do see cave arts of, of the planets. How the heck did they know that? And then you say, let me show you how you were created because they have their own myths. So they're going to tell these aliens, oh, this is where we came from. The great sky snake coughed up an egg and it cracked and the ooze came out and people formed. And the aliens are going to go, no, 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 no. You see this muddy puddle? All the stuff that's in here is the building blocks of life. And that's you. And boom, the original religious story is, is told. Man was created out of clay. And what turns out to be an unbelievable story, you see pop up everywhere in the world. Oh, so-and-so God made us out of clay. Oh, so and our God made us out of mud. Oh, our God took this and that. It all It's a combination of stuff. These sky people came down and handed us this. These sky people gave us this. These people, these this deity showed us how to build this or exactly. inspired this or did that. I, you know, and I mean, and that's how every example plays out is that they take this, the show takes this, these questions that we all have that we've had uh, questions of, of historic, historical significance, archaeological questions, uh, astronomical, co uh, cosmological questions, all of these things. And it says, what if the interpretation is exactly is this? And, and <laughs> what's crazy is, is, is they finally are the people to go, what if the interpretation is exactly what these people are telling us because we like to sit there and say and the perfect example on the show they they repeatedly go back to it and i think it's good that they hone this in is samaria ancient samaria um the anunnaki and they 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 hound it in that they go well why is it that we aren't listening to the ancient people we listen to everything else uh, you know, when it comes to what they say, how they grew their crops, we take it verbatim. Okay, how did you come up with the Pythagorean theorem? Oh, this happened. Okay, we take that verbatim. Oh, how did you get here? Oh, some some aliens came and did this. Oh, no, you're a crackpot. Well, why is that so unbelievable compared to all the other stuff they said that we take for, you know, verbatim that they're correct? Uh, I think we need to start looking at their story. I think the TV show... And the uh, the cast, the the players of the TV show, have presented their evidence in a fashion enough to where we can now say we should start taking some of these ancient stories more literal. Uh, just because they're fantastic doesn't mean they're fantasy. Uh, until we come up with a better explanation, I mean. Scientists we should just, put that on a T-shirt. I mean, that's good. It was just because they're fantastic doesn't mean they're fantasy. Right, because we've um, seen all sorts of crazy stuff in the world that we've turned out to be true. When we look at ancient alien theory, it's much less um, – uh, it's, it's less of that sinister secret knowledge concept. It's this 
it's everything we've been talking about, these idea of these timelines and these questions and the 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 what ifs it brings up, the 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 theories it presents, the answers to questions that we have. It does this wonderful job of providing a framework for discussion. As you said, it makes people think farther because it, it started at the beginning. We go back to the the original inspiration of this, right, of, of this ancient astronaut theory proposed. And from that, it, it moved into show that the In Search of shows, it moved into fictional influences, the, the television shows, the movies that, that have all pulled from this. Uh, shows like The X-Files that drew heavily from examples. Uh, Stargate, SG-1, that was a phenomenal, you know, as an influence, it was it, it became part of our entertainment, this, this wonderful possibility that was out there. This is really that next step. It's stepping it away and saying, okay, now you, you, you know, you see how this is influenced. Now here's the show that's actually talking about where it all came from. Everything that you've grown up imagining as a, as a possibility in the entertainment world when you suspend disbelief now maybe you don't have to sus- maybe you don't have to step away from it and think of it as entertainment uh, you just have to accept that what you know to be true or, or what you've been told as the as the correct interpretation and the correct understanding and the correct timeline uh, the, the 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 real catalysts for all this are not are not correct um, and it, it it's just it's already built into our psyche. I, I think I think you're right. I think uh, overall the the ancient aliens the show, not the book, not the theory, not anything else. The TV show alone has enabled us to one be able to see the thought process of how a theory forms. It, it let us literally see what was written down in a book get presented in a in a you know semi-scientific fashion in a way they're peer reviewing all their work live on tv they've presented it to us they've taught people one what i've learned from watching the show is have an open mind it's okay to poke fun at someone else's theories it's because they're going to do it back to you it's okay to doubt and question your own theories uh evolve change fall back create new ones. Uh, but most importantly, don't ever be afraid that you're wrong because fear will guide us completely in the wrong direction from an answer. I think the show really touches on that. It it has helped several thousands of people realize that you don't have to be afraid of an answer just because, uh, or I guess you don't have to be afraid of being laughed at because you believe the answer is different than what you were taught. And that the, the show alone has shown that the community out there of ancient alien people welcomes everyone. Bring your thoughts, bring your theories, add them to theirs. It will change. It will evolve. It is literally getting to see the scientific method in action, the real way, not the way presented in a, in a classroom or a lab where they want you to see how organized science look. Science is completely dysfunctionally chaotic and misconstrued all the time and and 
the show is letting every single person that watches see that process. Here's our theory. Here's our evidence. Oops, we were wrong. Oh, we were right. And come to your own conclusion. And uh, it's I could I don't see the show ending anytime soon because they can now, you know, really go out and point out individual ideas. Now that everyone is made aware of, of the theory because of the show, they can go in and really hone in on their evidence. And I think that's what we'll see in future shows. Look out for for them being very specific now. Hey, last season got 1.2 million viewers wow. on average tuning into Ancient Aliens. Wow. This, this that, has a broad appeal. That is almost as much as uh, conspiracy theology gets whenever they release the podcast. That's almost you just as have much. to remove a, a few, a zero or three or, or five. But but yes, it's there. It's close. You um, know, and, and <laughs> well, it's great because because podcasts are now you know uh, y'all are y'all podcasters are great because you're doing what the show does you're putting information out there and you're saying take it or leave research it or don't but just be aware that the information is out there you know that's all that the show's doing it's not trying to convince you one way or the other it's just putting the information out there and saying hey people make up your minds and uh, i love it it's a great show. Everyone should watch it and watch it with an open mind. Feel free to chuckle at it. Argue at your TV. Try and prove them wrong because if you can be devil's advocate and you can prove them and you can't do it, then that will open your eyes a little bit, you know, and it's a, it's a great way. It made me start looking at things a whole new way. I think we've really explored this fascination with the Ancient Aliens show and painted that picture, their approach. I mean, it's some of it is just the structure of it. It's it's structured to to um, titillate the imagination. It's structured with wonder a varied cast of, of voices and characters, uh, and and it's there to present information that most of us haven't thought of. Uh, so you know it, it's it's just a fun fun topic of discussion. And you know I. Really, honestly, I, I do appreciate that uh, that you've come on to help with this. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a fun. <laughs> I for all that we could have discussed. I mean, there's just so much to explore um, that it's it's you know it's been an absolute it's been a blast uh, going over it all. I it, mean, it is. I love the research alone to get ready for this podcast had me you know excited because because I got to you know, look at so many things. And then at the same time, it got me flustered because I know we could spend eight hours going over each individual piece of evidence and everything and go back and forth, trying to prove it or disprove it. And ultimately we'd end up in the same spot. We just don't know. Ultimately at the end of the day, ancient aliens uh, and the TV show is, as I said before, I mean, it's just a, a phenomenon all it's, it's a much needed phenomenon. I think it. I think it was much needed in the time of reality shows and all these Discovery Channel and History Channel turning to shows that have nothing to do with discovering things or the history of stuff. Ancient Aliens, as silly as it sounds, is a breath of reality. Ancient Aliens it lets you research history. It lets you see what mainstream history is. It lets you now see the fun side of history, which is all the what ifs that we don't know about. And it presents it in a way that wakes you want to come back a week later and watch it all over and just, and just rack your brain all over again. It's really, 
it's really for self-deprecating people that just want to hate themselves in the morning. Go, the show's wonderful at making you doubt everything you think you know, and I love it. I love, <laughs> I, I love it. I wake up and look at my children and go, "Are, are you all mine? Or are you aliens?" <laughs> well, you know what? And, and now that I think about it, perhaps that's had more of an influence on on this show than I ever than I ever realized. I mean, that's that's the intent here is to take a take an idea and, and present something uh, different uh, and and get people to think more. I, and it never occurred to me that you know, it's influenced by ten years of, of watching ancient aliens yep. uh, behind it, and and that's that's phenomenal. I. Anyway, let's uh, let's call this show done. Let's wrap it up. Okay. And, um, you know, again, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, once uh, once this show's wrapped up, we'll give uh, listeners. We're going to give Mike a break, and you'll get back to hearing just me uh, for a little bit. But I imagine he is going to be a frequent guest. If you if really, if you want to hear more of him, we he and I have talked about it. We're going to get tons of stuff up on the patreon page that's where you're going to uh you're going to see him quite a bit uh definitely so if you've enjoyed this ancient aliens uh deep dig deep dive exploration uh then you know that's and a more more casual conversation on all this stuff that's um uh, you'll find a lot more of that over on on patreon as as uh time moves forward so Mike, you know, hey, uh, Th- thank you, thank, thank you for having me on. I love, I love coming on and learning about the podcast experience and getting to, to any excuse to research stuff and and talk about it is is excellent. I live with four women, so I never get to talk. So anytime I get to to ramble on about anything at all, I'm joyous, uh, and not be told I'm wrong uh, is wonderful. So, uh, wow. but no, I've learned a lot. I love being you know, your guest. It's great. And, uh, I look forward to being invited on whenever you need someone just to, to counter punch any, any ideas, whether I believe it or not, I will always counter punch for you. I mean, oh, your- absolutely. Absolutely. And if uh, anyone has any suggestions on, on anything at all that they want, you know, want me to talk about, relay it through, through Ryan and he will let me know. And, uh, I'll put together something. Well, once I can convince you to get your own show going, get my, We'll, uh, yeah, I'm, we'll tr- I'm sure going to try. We'll make sure to feature it here and and uh, and get you out there uh, because you know I it, again it's this is something that requires multiple perspectives. I mean, you know that's that's the point of the show. So yeah. they, they pull in lots of perspectives and lots of ideas, and that's you hit on something beautifully. I mean, it, that's what podcasting is doing. That's what this new media is doing. I mean, that's ancient aliens is the last bastion of of mainstream broadcast television proposing these sort of ideas and no one else is seemingly doing it uh, any better. Now it's, you go to YouTube and you go to podcasts, uh, you find good blogs, you find individuals talking about this. That's the new area to explore this. But thank you. No, thank you for having me on. It's great. It's been a wonderful experience. The past few shows getting invited on to talk about some of the dorkiest things that made me smile and uh, I always thought I was a huge dork for for researching I now have understood that no I'm not alone out there there are several people that think you know uh, just think that way of, of questioning everything why why do things happen okay 
That is all for today. If you made it this far, you're a trooper. Thanks for joining Mike and I today as we wrapped up this Ancient Aliens discussion, at least for now. Please click that follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss the discussion in the future. Connect with me via email, contact at conspiracytheoryology.com. You can find me on the socials, or, as always, the best way to help the show is to recommend it to others. All the info can be found at the show website, conspiracytheoryology.com, including how to support the podcast on Patreon. Music is by adamhenrygarcia.bandcamp.com. So, I'll see you again next time when we tackle another theory and make sense of the public popularity. Until then, remember, beyond the conspiracy and behind the belief lies the theoryology.